Kirk, what the hell is that sound? Um, Erica's vibrator. (laughs) That she left at my house. It's the industrial strength clitty sucker. No, there is a... What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) There is... Well, it might be because the noise is coming from outside of my house. And I'm three stories up, people. And this woman is on my corner cleaning out her car with a vacuum. And I can still hear it with my windows closed. I've moved to every room in my in my place, and you can hear it everywhere. So, all right, I would like to one. point out that's like two rooms. Like Kirk is saying, every room, like he has. There's three 30. rooms. There's three rooms, and you can hear it in every room. <laughs> <laughs> I could go in the bathroom, but why don't you go back in the closet? I've literally, I should. But well, this is rude. Like, go to your house and, and clean your house, clean your car. Is that? How do you know that she's not I went outside and looked, and it's not because this is my house. And I know who lives below me, and it's not either <laughs> of those people. And the woman is just cleaning out her car. Well, what a solid 6 p.m. activity, I guess. Yeah, well, cleanliness is next to godliness. I need to go out and be like, Excuse me, miss. Uh, I'm, I'm recording my podcast. Hi, I'm um, a podcaster. If you could just like <laughs> shut the this fuck is really up, disrespectful. I'm trying to get famous. This is Girl. why white people move to the suburbs. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking about it. Did you hear my brain literally like short circuit? Famously, I will never move to a suburb. I pray to God that you do move to a suburb just so I can run this clip back in like 10 years like you dumb fucking bitch. Do, right, vacuum girl. Do, 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 do. I know. I I guess- should I yell out? Hold on. I'm going to open my window and yell out. <laughs> hey, lady. <laughs> Girl! This <laughs> unhinged. First okay, of all, first of all, she's driving a Honda. Literally. <laughs> Go to your... I mean, Kirk and I drive the same car. I don't know why he's, like, hating on Honda drivers. Also, she probably is using my electrical outlet from my home. <laughs> she's stealing your electricity. She's running up your bill, Hi, Maggie. Bitch. There is a woman vacuuming outside of my house. I hear it. Yeah, no it shit. It literally couldn't be louder if it tried. Yeah, that's the issue, girl. We need to abolish vacuums. Um, I think maybe I would put some other things on that list. Before we can't abolish thing. vacuums. They bring me too much happiness. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand me. Listeners, because I don't think statement. Maggie knows that we're recording. You now know that Maggie <laughs> loves vacuums. <laughs> Famously a vacuum stand. She's a vacuum girly. She loves to suck. Speaking of suck, let's get sucked into this hellscape, Andrew. (laughs) I love music, especially live music. You know how much I love music? I had music is life in my MySpace profile like every other post 9-11 14-year-old. And my aim away message was an unbroken black parade of cryptic emo lyrics. Growing up in a very conservative, evangelical, and controlling homeschool family, I had to hide the music I liked and trick my parents into letting me go to concerts. I hid a censored copy of Limp Bizkit's Significant Other CD in my closet and once convinced my father to drive me to a Breaking Benjamin and Three Days Grace concert because I said Three Days Grace was a Christian band. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead after three days, after all. Ooh. 
One of the most important things that enabled my rebellion against my upbringing was an accessible local music scene. And by accessible, I mean affordable to high schoolers. If you're a millennial from the southeastern Pennsylvania suburbs, there's a very good chance that you knew about the Crocodile Rock Cafe in Allentown. Getting to Philadelphia or New York City was out of reach for most of us, but the Croc Rock's two stages offered a chance to see all kinds of music on the cheap when acts stopped halfway between the two cities. For $10 to $20, we stood in line outside for hours in all kinds of weather for a chance to be up front to see bands like Good Charlotte, Brand New, and Under Oath. Croc Rock was a magical place where teenage energy and resilience meant we could make friends while standing in line in the rain, meet bands, and ignore how much of an overcrowded fire hazard that place was. Sadly, Croc Rock shut down in my early 20s and was demolished to make a faceless office building. In the years since, the cost of concerts has increased exponentially while local music venues continue to shut down and disappear. So we are talking about the price of tickets these days and how it's impossible to get them. And obviously, we're going to have to talk about Ticketmaster and Live Nation because Ticketmaster is the largest ticket seller in the world. In 2010, Ticketmaster merged with Live Nation, which was a concert promoter, to create Live Nation Entertainment. Many regulators, artists, and venues oppose this. At the time, Bruce Springsteen said, the one thing that would make the current ticket situation even worse for the fan than it is now would be Ticketmaster and Live Nation coming up with a single system, thereby returning us to a near-monopoly situation in music ticketing. And that is exactly what has happened since. With Live Nation Entertainment controlling huge portions of the global live music industry, from managing artists to owning and operating the venues and music festivals to promotion and, of course, ticket sales. I'm sure we've all bought tickets from SeatGeek or some other reseller because you couldn't get them on Ticketmaster when it went on sale um, because Ticketmaster was down or the tickets already sold out way too quickly. Um, And it sucks because the tickets are always three to four times more expensive That market became huge. By 2016, it was an over $8 billion market, the retail secondary market. So in 2016, the CEO, Michael Rapinoe, called for artists to increase the retail face value of their tickets in a bid to reclaim primary market share from the secondary market. At the time, he said, we have to start pricing the house to match the market. We're only scratching the surface of the opportunity for the artist. But that's kind of rich coming from the CEO of Ticketmaster because their fastest growing business segment has been those very same ticket resales. In fact, they own resale platforms. Rapino claims that what tickets sell for at resale is the actual market price of the ticket, not the original face value, because that is, he says, what people are willing to pay. But are they really willing to pay that or do they really want to see a concert and this concert sold out in three minutes and Ticketmaster's website crashed and you couldn't get tickets to the artist that is only coming to your city once every five years? But increasing the ticket face value will only help Ticketmaster bring in even more money on both the retail and secondary markets. So before I give up the mic and let somebody else talk for once, I just wanted to point out I have seen the band The Deftones twice in my life. I saw them in 2011 at the Electric Factory. Can you guess how much I paid for that ticket? Not the vacuum. Guys, the woman's back. back. Um, (laughs) Electric, I'd say like 20 bucks. $17. It's $29.50. Okay. 10 years ago? uh, Over 10 years ago, 2011. Okay. And 
Cassie and I went to see Deftones at the Met in Philly at the end of last year. Guess how much it was per ticket? $70. $221.40 after fees. But are the Deftones, um, never heard of them, are they bigger now than they were then? I would argue that they were probably bigger in 2011, actually. I mean, they're still a big band in terms of metal and and alternative rock bands. But they're not um, like on the come up. No, they've been around since the early 90s. I mean, they're kind of an established band. But just that ticket inflation is insane to me. I mean, I have another ticket here for the Crocodile Rock Cafe to see a day to remember in 2008, and it was 10 bucks. It's so crazy because I've paid not a lot for, like, big artists, but I didn't purchase, like, only because it was... I guess a less crazy time to buy tickets. And I bought them like as a part of a presale. And I, they were floor seats to Justin Timberlake for like 300 bucks when he was like a lot more relevant. The the 2020 tour or whatever, 2020 vision. No, I did go to that one, but like my mom uses like rewards points, but it was the man of the woods store. So like, I will say of Justin Timberlake's stores, it was his worst one, but, um, I will like that's to say like it's crazy that like three hundred dollars gets you floor seats to like a sold out artist and that was in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen I want to say and now I don't think three hundred dollars would get you in the stadium for Beyonce absolutely not and I would like to point out that those Deftone tickets were for seats the floor tickets were already sold out by that point but they were like six hundred dollars. Do we think some of it has to do with, I mean, I know what a lot of us do with this, that it legit just how fucked up it is with from the Ticketmaster side, but it is one of the major ways artists make their money now is by touring as opposed to 25 years ago. Yeah. I saw a stat that um, now 95% of artists' income come from touring because yeah. ticket sales are, uh, because CD sales and album sales are pretty much dead. Yeah. It's more of the deals they make. But yeah, so I think that's part of it. But I also think it is, it is also not part of that because a lot of the artists get mad at how expensive it is. Yeah, and I don't, I don't fault the artist so much. So the way it works is the face value goes to yeah. the artist or the promoter, and then all those extra fees that get tacked on, that's all going to the venue or Ticketmaster. But they also do a practice where they do send some stuff back to the artist. So even that's a little bit deceptive in a way. Um, I don't really fault an artist for charging more for their tickets. That's, you know, understandable. It's understandable that a band like the Deftones that's been around for over 20 years would, you know, increase their their ticket price over time. And obviously the show is a whole lot more elaborate. There's a lot more production to the show than it was in 2011, where they were just up on a stage. Um, But a lot of that $221, that's with Ticketmaster's fees. So the actual face value of the ticket was under $100. It was like 90 some dollars. And the Met is owned by Live Nation, so you don't have any option, you know. And now they own more and more venues all over the world. And in a lot of cases, you won't even know. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I am someone who has a, a professional background in sports and entertainment industry, as an accountant, not like anything cool. Don't get it twisted. But um, just to kind of walk the listeners TM through how the pricing is somewhat determined is 
to Andrew's point, he's completely right. A lot of it is coming from the venues, but it's not that, say, the Wells Fargo Center in Philly isn't necessarily owned by Wells Fargo. It's not Wells Fargo saying, like, you pay us. They have naming rights completely separate. It's these companies like Live Nation who own the venues. And basically how it works is it's these online ticket selling companies are bidding to get into contract with these venues in order to have the right to sell tickets. But what happens to that is like they are literally having to pay incentives to get the contract. And those incentives are becoming so high that they have to push that price back on to the customer. And then on top of that, there's like obviously things that are a little bit more practical, like the cost to run the company, the, you know, development costs, whatever, all the back end stuff and the things that are a lot more practical um, and directly rate relate to you getting that ticket. But that is to say it, it's one of those things where there's so many levels to involvement, but it, it to me, it goes back to these venues, right? They are the ones who get to set the market rate because they're saying, this is how much we're going to charge you to get into contract with us. And this is what it is. Push it on to the consumers all you want. And that's why you kind of see the same thing at venues where, you know, a big, a tall boy of Bud Light somehow costs $15 when you can go to a grocery store, corner store, it's going to cost like three to five bucks. That's again, because Bud Light had to bid to be a supplier to these venues. So that is to say it is, I'd say a good part on the venue, but there's back and forth, right? If you're a big company going up against a big company, you have bargaining chips there. Whereas us, the consumers, we're just getting what's left over. So we have no say. It all falls on us. And eventually we are going to get a point. I remember when Taylor Swift was in town a few weeks When the Kirk, you were there like 30 times. When was she in town? May. In May. We It was like the night of the first concert. And I was like, what would it look like if I just like mm-hmm. wanted to buy a ticket tonight? The cheapest ticket I could find was like... or something insane like that. And then I think the most expensive was like in the fifties or sixties. And so it's, that's to say it is demand, but it's so predatory and there should be limits on that. We shouldn't be looking at a down payment on a home for one night. Yeah. And it's tough because it's alienating for fans who are just as loyal to this artist as any other fan, but don't have the means And it's a predatory situation, but I know, Kirk, you've gone to and are going to two of the biggest concerts of the summer. You went to Taylor Swift, what, four? Three times. Okay, but Prophet, I didn't pay to go to Taylor Swift three times. Um, I sucked some dick together. No, I, I, my job related to one of the stadiums she worked at, so, or played at. So I was at two shows, work-related, one show. Work-related in, in terms of I was able to get face value tickets, which was impossible. So like the night that I went with a bunch of friends, I bought the tickets through work, but at face value, so we're 375 for the 100 level, um, which is still a lot, but um, that's like the cheapest, that's like what they were, face value, which is impossible to get face value unless you got through the, the whole other issue also is the, is the um, what Ticketmaster does with like the websites crashed when people were trying to get her tickets for their store. And um, they, tr- they tried to fix it for Beyonce. I don't know if it did, if it worked, but the idea of like these presale lines and like all, all of that was fucked up and handled wrongly. And then put, you're putting queues for hours and hours 
Um, so that was part of the issue too. You couldn't even get a ticket. Is is was the, the first part of like the leg of the tour of getting a ticket before you can even go to the tour, um, which is I know a huge controversy within Ticketmaster as well. Well, that's been a problem that's gone on for years. Yeah, yeah. I've missed out on multiple big shows and and festivals because the tickets would sell out so quickly and you'd refresh and refresh and eventually the page would crash and then you get back in and there'd be nothing left. Yeah. I'm going to Beyonce in two days, but I bought it through work, but her tickets, interestingly, I think she did it differently. Her tickets in like this, I'm in the same section, same kind of area as I just all Taylor and for 375 for 250. Um, and I think Beyonce did, I forget what it's called, but it's like where every ticket is like not the same price, but like there's a word for it. I don't, I don't know enough about it, but like it was, it was done a little bit better, I think, than the way they did Taylor's, but I think it's because it came out after and they, they knew what they were doing. But 250 is still a lot. I mean, I'm not on the floor. I'm the 100 levels, so it's close, but not the floor. Um, but I know I have a friend who's sitting in her um, Renaissance area, it's called, or the Renaissance Club, yeah. and they spent an insane amount of money to do that. But that was an experience they wanted, so they're spending the money, but it's still crazy. Well, and that's the thing. I know it's like a thing where most big artists will have like a... Um, some type of like special section. Justin Timberlake had it. Beyonce's had it, has it. But I also think of like Kirk and I unintentionally went to the same concert together. We saw Mr. Wives. Oh my God, yeah. And like, I'm seeing them again in New York. Oh, you're not going to them in Philly? No, I don't. We were going to New York. You should come. Mm. Um, How much was that concert? I don't remember. Uh, it was like 40 or 60 bucks or something like that after fee. I think it was probably 40 face and like 60 after fees. Which again, like I'm supposed to, I was supposed to see Erica Badu yesterday. I'm seeing her tonight. Cause it rained out. Erica was, went and sat in her car and then got turned away. Literally sat in my car. Honestly, it was kind of nice. I did bring a book. So There's I was a whole like, other hellscape of life reading? concert experience. Oh, that too. Of li- <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So I can't even consider it a hellscape, but um, is the hellscape is just, you know, weather permitting. Like a lot, that's another thing. A lot of these shows nowadays are outside more so than I think ever. Like, I mean, all the stadium shows are outside. So if it rains, I mean, Taylor does hers in the rain. Um, but I don't like, I, it's still as a concert goer, do I want to sit for three and a half hours in the pouring rain? Not really for $375. No. Um, but people do it. We had that happen to us once at music fest. We went to see incubus and it, it rained on us. Um, luckily it was a really hot day, so it felt kind of good. I will say like, if you think about like the 375 I spent or the 250 I spending on Beyonce, whatever, like you can go to a festival and spend 375 for a day and see like 15 artists. <laughs> like that's that's the crazy like you like less than 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, I'll spend that on like a festival, but I would never spend it on one artist. So I will say the Eras tour was a whole different experience, but still, like the fact that you like can see 15 artists in a day. I bought Coachella tickets one year and I didn't end up going. Um, this is unrelated, but it's related to buying tickets. <laughs> something stupid. <laughs> something stupid. I just literally just came into my head. I bought Coachella tickets probably five or six years ago. Didn't go. And they was trying to sell them like like last minute. And this girl bought them. And but they wouldn't give them to her like to pick up. You had to be me to pick them up. And I wasn't going to go to Coachella to pick them up, obviously. Um, so like I had to she had to show her. She had to like have access. I don't know what it was. Basically, I gave her my bank information. <laughs> Kirk. And this woman. <laughs> had my like debit card and account information to like prove that she could pick him up and she didn't she never she never hacked me so girl the way i would have had <laughs> everything under this Isn't that time crazy that i literally gave this woman like i gave her every like gave her my banking information just so she could go pick it up and it worked and i never got robbed but don't do that don't do that i'm really glad you didn't get robbed it's funny because i um i went to 
the Roots picnic back in 2017. I will say it was at Festival Pier. I know they moved it to the Man Center, but Festival Pier's gone. Yeah, that was R.I.P. to a real one. Actually, it was real fucking creepy. Real but um, I remember I paid a hundred dollars for my ticket for the like one day of the festival, and now it's like three something. Like the cost of these festivals are too damn high, um, and it's just crazy how much and i don't think the artist got like that much better like solange was there when i went fat joe pulled up which i know no one gives a shit about fat joe i give a shit about fat joe so it was such a completely different like purchasing experience i remember i physically went to purchase the ticket in person and i've done that before and it's really the only way to avoid these fees but it's kind of like not even then so like you still have to go through Ticketmaster to some extent and they still get a little piece of that um so it sucks because we're all kind of like trapped in this thing where if you're going to a concert there's like two to three companies that are getting your money at every single stop and it's just frustrating how monopolized it is and Andrew I know you were at Woodstock um (laughs) at least I'm assuming so based on your age you were at live eight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> live aid was it live aid live eight was when they did later because aids were gone just kidding <laughs> is that what did it anyway it certainly wasn't anthony fauci oh my oh, god you always bring it back to dr fauci and it certainly was not nancy reagan <laughs> no no not at all <laughs> but um andrew someone who's been going to concerts for a while and i know we kind of talked about it earlier with the the changes in the pricing um, what do you think about the change in accessibility? Like, I I mean, I feel like for you, when you were going to the, like, what's it called? The cockroach? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how he said, you know, the crocodile rock. Is that what it's called? Croc rock? Yep. Croc rock. The crocodile rock is it was in between. So all the acts would go from Philly to New York. They would stop there. Girl, I've never stopped in Allentown way to New York City. Let me tell you that for, for one <laughs> second. That is out of the goddamn way. Yeah, that's at, that's at Rochester to... Some but other bumblefuck town. It's like a weird, like, people do go there. They do. Someone said Allentown is the wish version of the Bronx. And that statement has never left my mind. Is Allentown city urban? It's considered a city, yeah. Yeah. It's just like a really bad one. It's just a really, really Allentown. tiny city. There's that Billy Joel song called Allentown. I saw Billy Joel this summer. I've seen everyone. You know, we should have like a little, almost like a hidden Mickey in every episode where it's just like a hidden hellscape and we just kind of vaguely talk shit about something and it's like, surprise, bitch. Allentown, Pennsylvania is a hellscape. <laughs> Sorry to the Allentown listeners. I don't listeners. know, I think Andrew likes it. <laughs> For the cock rock. <laughs> it was just the easiest way to go see music yeah, when, I when I was a teen. Once it had shut down, I, I had a little more money and could go down to Philly to see concerts, but... Unless you live in the city, that can be like a whole thing because mm-hmm. you got to find parking. And if it's outdoor, like at the man center, you got to hope the weather is going to be fine and you don't want to drive all the way down to the city and then be rained on. But the city is usually more expensive by default. And it just yeah. seems like it gets even more and more expensive every year to do stuff in the city. I mean, even yeah, if you live much, there. How much? I don't know if there's honestly anything in Quaker Town, but like. If there were a music venue within the nearest 30 miles, what would prices look like for the best show who's willing to show up to that venue? There's a couple of small theaters around that are kind of multi-purpose. 
Sometimes they have bands. Sometimes they have local theater groups putting on a, a production. But they're just they're really really tiny places. It's mostly just local bands or somebody that played with Frank Zappa back in the day and has kind of like made a career out of that as like a solo artist, that kind of thing. So it's hard to know what prices would be like now. But I think one of the things is like, that's a good point. Like I think seeing somebody who's not as well known, that's like fine. But if mm-hmm. you're seeing someone that's big, who is mainstream, who most people are going to want to go see, why the fuck does most people have to go spend $400 to see this person? Like, it's like they should be able to see the top artists at the time for a reasonable price because, you know, everyone's going to want everyone wants. I get demand that drives up the price. I understand how it works. But in theory, like most people want to see this person, like, let, let the people see it. Like, let them I mean, see these people. It's what it, to your point, though, like artists aren't making money the way that I they know. used to. But Beyonce's got money. Taylor's leaving every night this tour with $13 million a night. And again, the show isn't the production was incredible. So you're paying for that, too, even though you're not directly, but you kind of are. So she has to pay to keep that up. Every performer has to keep that level up. The way that I see it and like I, I did say I blame the venues, but let me run it to the celebrities real quick. If you are Beyonce and you say that you will not do something unless someone else does something for you, you will get it done. You are fucking Beyonce. Beyonce, I know you listen. (laughs) Could you imagine? I would vomit. Anyway, um, but it's one of those things where it's like, at some point, these artists do have to use like the power that they have. If Taylor Swift said, I am not going to your like concert venue until you do right by my fans, then they will do right by her fans. She has done that, but not for that, but yes. But it's still it's that's to say it's a it has to be a trend and there has to be leaders in it. Yeah, but B, yeah. there has to just be less greed throughout the entire process, World. because at some point. Yeah, literally at some point it is like, you know, someone's tacking on this. Someone's tacking on this. Someone's upcharging 30 percent here. And then it just stacks up to us. Yeah. Beyonce went did a night in did a private show. Right. And before the tour started somewhere in the world, the one in Dubai, 23 million dollars in the night. Girl, did you what? see she like performed? She deserves it, I get it. But it's just like you could do this in a different way. Is what I'm saying. I understand it takes money to put it, the show together. She shouldn't have right. to put, put all that money up herself. But like, I don't know. There's got to be another way. I think it it does kind of come at artists from all sides because there's no more CD sales, um, hardly any I mean, albums. Okay, I agree, but you, but if yeah. you're Beyonce, you're making you're still well, you're making, true, you're true, still yeah, and, money in some, and we're some specifically way. talking about like the absolute top of the top. And, yeah, and I know, I know. my my friend is in a band that's actually pretty good, but I is think it the hot one. Yes, it it is him. Tell him to call me. Okay. The band is really good, but, you know, they're they're stuck at playing in these little, you know, tiny venues. It's like somebody has a stage in the back of their bar and they charge a $5 cover and the band doesn't get any of that. I have so many fond memories of going to Croc Rock and almost dying in a we mosh know, bro, pit. You've so. said it. I've taken a shot every time you fucking said Croc Rock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they used to have, before every show, like the actual ticketed event, there would be like three to four to five local bands that would come out and play and so many of them are absolute garbage and don't exist anymore today but there was a handful that i saw that went on to like get bigger and and that gave them an opportunity to play before a bigger established band to get in front of people and like even that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore i I even feel like some of these larger acts they don't even have openers anymore it's just the Beyonce is not having an opener Mm -hmm. taylor had two though because taylor's about supporting not that beyonce isn't 
But Beyonce's thing, the way she, she's treating this tour is it's this like experience like with her. But I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I'm paying to see Beyonce, show me Beyonce. Yeah, I don't know who I would want to open for her. I'd like, I wouldn't be surprised if a few years ago she had Chloe and Halle Bailey, but no one's looking for Chloe in 2023. So I just think it, it sucks in general that stuff like this has become so expensive and it just hurts the people who are fans of these musical artists and they, they, they can't do it or they they're doing it, but it costs them so much. Um, and I hope that the U S government will actually take some action against Ticketmaster and Live Nation because it's a legit monopoly and they're price fixing and they're making money both in the primary market and the secondary seller market. And no matter what, they have so much power in the industry that they're driving the prices up and up and up on purpose. And they've even come out and and said that they're trying to increase prices because there's more money to make. And it, it really is just all about greed. Lately, there has been a huge uptick in incidents of fans throwing objects at performers, from BB Rexa to Lil Nas X. Though, guys, I do want to say Lil Nas X, if you've seen the video, I fully believe was a stunt. Like, the moment someone throws a flashlight on stage to him, his dancers stop without missing a beat, and the music completely cuts off. Um, but, like, leave it to the gays to produce a fucking getting thrown something at them. But Produce artists being, a hate crime. <laughs> literally. I mean, Jesse Smollett. Okay, so... <laughs> We already put out our conspiracy theory episode for the month. Artists are being forced into one-sided dodgeball matches against their own fans. It's gotten to the point where Adele came on stage and threatened to throw hands the other night. And if you haven't seen that video, please go find that video now. It is iconic. She is a national treasure. But can we please, please stop throwing things at artists while they're trying to entertain us at a show where we paid, we literally paid all this money we just talked about to be there. Can we make it make sense? Like, why would I want to injure the person that I paid for to see so they could stop the show and then I could no longer see the show that I paid all this fucking money for? It makes no sense. But let's keep that energy maybe for when we see a Republican politician out and about. I know, I know I'm kind of being a hypocrite since last week I did see Donald Trump and I did not throw a single thing at him, but I value my own life to be shot by the Secret Service, which is shocking to some. Let's take a look down memory lane at these items that have been thrown at XYZ artists. So someone threw a phone at BB Rexa. That's what started this whole phenomenon a few weeks ago. At BB Rexa and it hit her in the eye, which caused a black eye. Um, a flashlight at Lil Nas X, even though I believe he did that himself. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini was hit in the eye with a bracelet on stage. She had to go backstage. She cried a bit. People like shamed her for crying on social media, which is the craziest thing Like in her comments. Um, Harry Styles was hit with flowers mid-show the other day. Someone's literal mother's ashes was thrown at Pink on stage. And then the next show, someone threw a literal wheel of brie cheese out of her and she embraced it, which is quite ironic because I feel like that piece of brie cheese was picked up at the supermarket on the way and they most likely were playing pink at that supermarket. Drake was thrown Air Force Ones, a phone and bras all in the last week, which um, I think you should be throwing uh, male boxers at him because Drake is gay. And before hopping on to record, I saw fans throwing braces at Taylor Swift walking out backstage at the end of her show. And security was freaking out, like dodging, <laughs> dodging the bracelets, <laughs> which is quite ironic because she like wants people to, to exchange bracelets. So her fans are just giving their bracelets to her. Um, but everyone should check out that video because it's kind of funny. But let's talk about this. What do we think is causing all this? I think I think behavior at live shows since COVID obviously has changed. I think that plays a little bit into it. But part of me thinks it's this culture of like 
like this like energy of just like wanting to, I don't know, like throwing, like, like being a part of it. And like, did someone film me doing this? And like, is this a moment for me type of thing, like, making yourself mm-hmm. a part of the moment. But like, like the guy at the BB Rexa show got charged and was arrested. So like, you're going to get a consequence to this if they can find you, which they most likely can, because most likely the people that you're standing next to are fans of this artist. And are going to be like, what the fuck dude? Like, why did you just do that? And then they call you out. So, um, I don't really get why it keeps happening. And I, I mean, I get why it keeps happening because when one thing happens and it becomes a big thing, now it's, everyone's a fucking idiot and keeps doing it. But yeah, what do you guys think? I think it's a little bit of like a little clout chasey too. Yeah. Like I think that- but It's just a weird way of clout chasing. Well, I think the BB Rexa person, like I think that that was like pure malice. Like, like your like, phone. Like your yeah, phone. Yeah, like that's like, not, and it's also like, mind you, it's not like BB Rexa's at- eye level to this dude he is throwing up in high like he is aiming like you have to be um but i do think that like it is kind of this idea of like oh maybe taylor's gonna pick up my bracelet and i'm gonna have this viral moment where like it was my bracelet um and i think it's just people wanting to have you know this moment of proximity to fame in my opinion i think people are getting more and more obsessed with celebrities um than we have in the past i mean i should say not in the past but like coming out of that like like, recent yeah yeah like the perez hilton heyday like we came out of that but i think we're kind of going back into that valley um and i do think that it is kind of pushing people to do to come to extremes to have moments of oh look like this artist loves me they picked up my bracelet like it might be you are it might be a connection with the person but like the the phone I don't get and the ones that like hurt people. Like I don't yeah, really I, get. I think that's to me, that just sounds like malicious intent. Cause like, what the fuck is a celebrity going to do with your phone? It's unlocked. It's locked, bitch. Like, no, the mom's ashes. Like I would love to dissect and like figure out what did the mom ask this person in her next, will next pink show you go to, you must throw me on stage. Or do you think she just said, I want you to throw me at your favorite artist. And somehow this person traveled to 2008 and picked pink. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to go see Pink when she's here. Not gonna lie. My mom's alive, though. Relax. It's just so fucked um, up. Like, for that person, too, the artist. Like, what, well, what Pink, do you... the video Pink's like, what do I, she literally's like, what do I do with this? Like, yeah. At least the bag didn't break. That would have been hilarious. Could you imagine? Yeah, that's true. And it's like all over this. <laughs> it just, poof. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was anthrax. Um, no. I think if it were, we would have known. <laughs> yeah. Anthrax has a particular uh, scent. <laughs> and by scent, I mean whatever plague it gives you. But I do think that like it is a little bit of a, I don't know. I think the ashes thing, I would love to talk to that person. I would love to contact a medium so I could reach yeah. out to her mom and be like, did you approve this? Because I would actually love if you didn't. And your daughter woke up one morning and said, throwing my mom at pink (laughs) it's just so wild i think it's a lot of those things people kind of being feral after not being around people for 18 months to two years um as as well as just that trying to get that viral moment but i also wonder if it has something to do with the weird parasocial relationships people develop with celebrities they follow it's it's so easy to follow these stars now you don't have to pick up a magazine in line at the grocery store or something like that. Like, like you're, you're actually following the person. You're not getting it in a tabloid or something. 
um, people think that like they know these people more than they do on, on social media. And maybe they're kind of thinking like, Oh, we're kind of friends or like, you know, I, I actually know this person and you know, you, you kind of mess around like you would with a friend in a way, but it's really disruptive. And I do um, not throw my parents ashes at my friends. (laughs) (laughs) I think some of those, those, some of those cases are crazy. I mean, obviously the, the phone at BB Rexa is like, I mean, not you having to pause at BB Rexa, like get familiar. Kirk, Andrew is 108 years old. He just figured out I, iPhones. I BB Rexa is older than Andrew, actually. But, um. Is she a witch? She's a vampire. Does she have immortality? I do agree with that, Andrew. There's a, I was reading an article recently about the phenomenon of Taylor Swift, how she makes you feel, makes her fans feel so connected to her, but at the same time is quite literally so disconnected from them. And it's like very interesting. It has to come. It comes down to the ability to what you share on social and just the access they have, but then the access they don't have. It's just very interesting because they literally have no access, but then you feel like you have so much access with them. We don't condone this behavior, but at the same <laughs> moment, we're going to we're going to talk about it. Um, if you had to pick an artist to throw something at, who would you pick and what would you throw at said artist? Mm-hmm. And it has to be like it can't just be like a. It has to be a performer. I mean, it has to be, they have to be doing something okay. on a stage. So like that person has to be on, it can't be like, yeah, like they have to be doing something on a stage. Oh, that's so tough. It is actually impossible. Like for me to narrow down that list because I can think of like the baby is getting the brick in his face. Oh, the baby. Yeah. Not the brick. <laughs> it was you the one who said the homophobic comments up on stage or transphobic or whatever. Yeah. If you ain't out here dying of AIDS, put your hands up. If your pussy smell like water, put your hands up. And they say, if you ain't black, you ain't film for me. (laughs) How do you have that memorized? (laughs) It's because it's just such an iconically like. I was. I really liked the baby. Like physically, I was into him, but now not anymore. I know. I was obsessed with this. I have AIDS. Yeah, that's what takes you out of the Remember, running for the baby. Dua Lipa had just did that song, remix with him, and then yes. she's like, "Fuck." But you know what? I will say her version, like regardless baby of the baby being the dumbass, like like her version, Without her him. own version. Yeah, I mean, it's the same song. It's yeah, but really like that second verse eight anyway. Okay, so that would be yours. It did brick at the baby. I like that. Andrew, what about you? Oh, you and you can't go back to the Croc Rock to do it. So you have to pick a new venue. Oh no. Um, you know, I, I'm the opposite of Erica. I can't really think of anyone that I would put that much energy into hating that I would go okay. to one of their concerts and, and throw something because I just wouldn't care. But if given the opportunity, I, I think uh, Chris Brown would be a worthy target. Oh. Mm. And this is an anti-Chris Brown podcast. This is Actually, Andrew, I'm going to be honest. You can't throw shit at a black man. So choose someone else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And this is the problem, people. Pick a new lane, bitch. All right. Well, Erica, you'll have to throw a shoe at, at him for me. A shoe? That's it? I don't know. What? I, he probably deserves a lot more. How about a boomerang? Right to the face. Boomerang? Do boomerangs ever come back? Oh, I thought about Instagram. I was like, what the fuck is a boomerang? Um, I would throw my body at Maluma, I think. Oh, I was not expecting that route. I love that. I love Maluma. Andrew, look him up. And then masturbate to him because you will. Oh, but I want to get violent. I want to throw something at someone. <laughs> oh, oh, duh, duh. I would throw anything that would kill this man, Morgan Wallen. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, this is the second podcast we've referenced to. You don't know who he is. <laughs> he is that country singer that was like caught saying the N word, and he's like the number one artist in the world for the past okay, like, year. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. What country the- singer doesn't say the N word? Yeah, I get it. 
It's the only genre that still celebrates the Confederacy in a I'm modern just saying, context. I would throw something at Morgan Wallen. All right, that's fair. I would throw a black person at Morgan Wallen <laughs> <laughs> and see what he does. <sighs> just kidding. Probably what I would, I would do. do I would, but I, like, he deserves something to the face. Actually, you know, I would also, I think Travis Scott is getting. Oh, I would throw that dead body at him that died in his face. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut that. Wow. I was gonna say, <laughs> no, no, I. <laughs> no, Travis Scott. That's so he deserves to be thrown died. off the stage. That, that went under. That just went under the fucking carpet. That situation. No one like. Did he ever get any like anything from that? Like charged with anything? No. Um, I guess I don't know. He's I think he's not enough. I think he gave some money to the families or something. I mean, to be honest, it probably wasn't even his money. It was from probably like an insurance policy or something. Insurance. I'm sure an insurance. Yeah. Wait, Maggie, you said Kanye. What are you throwing at Kanye? Type it in the chat if you may. Jewish people. <laughs> I, I famously, this is, I guess, my new term, famously, was at a Kanye. That was my term, bitch. I know, but it's okay. Cause famously, it's mine now. Um, I went to Kanye. I've seen Kanye three times. Wow. Or twice. Twice. And the second time in 2008, he, that was right after the George Bush thing. And he said it again at, the, at that show. And he's like, all white people. I was like, this show is all white people. <laughs> First off, like this show is literally all white teenagers. I love that artists like Kanye West live to be, to like bite the hands that feed them. It's like so funny. it is 2023. Black people are not listening to you. You cannot ostracize white people. They are your only base. I, I believe that they're his only, I don't know. If that's it's true. Like, but. Okay. It's like, White people and like, sorry, listeners for the slur, a couple niggas, like oh. people were not pressed about in this economy. Yeah, I agree. You agree with the N-word? I don't agree with that word you said. I interrupted my microphone to say this and only this. When all that stuff and all those tweets came out with Kanye, I actually got apologies when I went to parties and people would play him. People came up to me and apologized. But they still played him? Right. They were like, hey, sorry, like, we're going to play this song. And I was like, what why am fuck? I the token Jewish person you're apologizing to? Like, maybe we should unpack that. Wait, like, I'm going to be honest, Maggie. I did not know you were Jewish. I, yeah, tough. thanks. Famously Jewish, famously not gay. <laughs> Maggie is our <laughs> Jewish straight. That is wild for somebody to be like, sorry about the whole Holocaust thing, but gotta play Kanye. He recorded graduation. What do you want me to do? Gotta listen to this. Gotta, gotta listen to Poopity Scoop. Scoop, scoop, scoopity poop, poop, scoop. I think the better part was that it was a it was a playlist that was shuffled. So it was like the song came on. You didn't intentionally like play it. And then you came over and you sought me out and came over to me to be like, so sorry. Hey, Maggie, just so you know, you're Jewish and this song is playing is exactly what they were yeah, saying. Fine. Which kind of, I kind of love that concept. I think, what was that man's name? M Morgan? Wallen. Wallen. I'm going to listen to his music tonight. Uh, there's one song. No, don't. Why would you do that? <laughs> Just because it's like kind of like I an ironic. Illegal. Um, no, he's gross. But um, I've always wanted to, at a bar, like. Say the N word. Be in control of the music. No. Just <laughs> at a bar i've always wanted to like play a song that has the n-word in it a lot and then mute like mute it when the n-word comes on here all the white people screaming the n-word wait so when i was in copenhagen we went to this club and they played gold digger which to me is like if you're playing gold digger you just want to see if white people are going to yeah, say the n-word they know that song with the back of their hand literally that's why i said kanye is for white people that is true denmark is a very white country there were about 3% black people and it was me and like two of my friends. 
that nigga came out crisp. I believe it. And I was like, that is also to say that, like, that was not the only strange, vaguely racist moment in Denmark. So don't go to white countries if you're black. I should have known that. That's on me. This episode's not going to turn to Kanye, okay? It's not. We should do a hellscape on... Because he canceled his last tour, I think. So we can't even... He's not even touring. Is he ever going... I think he's done, quite frankly. Welcome to the Kanye hour, apparently. With all that being said, I'm looking to get tickets to see Taylor Swift again in Europe. So <laughs> wish me luck. Well, I think Europe is a better bet because they have a lot um, more controls it, over I feel their pricing. To, I feel, I've been reading all these tweets, but you shouldn't, Americans shouldn't be going to other countries to see her if you've already seen her. So I won't do it. Let the fans go. And you've seen her six times, so... So we, we've discovered that the reason why ticket prices are so high is because Kurt keeps buying all the damn tickets. Girl, I go for free. I got the connect. All right. So if you ever want to mug Kirk, um, please DM me and I'll give you his If you address. ever want to mug Kirk, just buy Coachella tickets from me. I'll give you my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Seems pretty easy, girl. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hellscape Carousel. I'm Erica. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kirk. I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.